What's the difference between me and you? Me and you, me and you, me and you. Back when Q was rolling with Lorenzo and a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals. Got the pens and pencils, got down to business, but sometimes the business ended it. Can turn your friends. Oh, DFS MVP holding Kushner, TJ Hernandez, coming off a solid week five. The chalk hit. We both finished up last week. We're very happy. Uh, although you know what, you're not that happy. You you need to be more happy, TJ. You're no, it was it was a good week. It we was don't a need great to, week. We don't need to talk about bad beats on this podcast. That's all, not what we're about. I had a really good week. It was a great week for uh, four for four subs, and uh, for anybody that was uh, looking at four for four content or tools. Obviously, the chalk hit, but uh, you still needed to make a couple right decisions, and and I think a lot of people went that way that were on four for four this week. Yeah, you had a great week, man. I yeah, had my, it was I awesome. literally had my best week ever. That's awesome. Ever, and you and I talked. Uh, about some of the plays last week and it was terrific listen there's some music playing dude what is it what do we got uh we got a little dr dre eminem and exhibit uh what's the difference from the 1999 album 2001 uh try to keep up with that and that's on the dfs mvp spotify playlist if you are new to the podcast just go to spotify search dfs mvp or you can go to my twitter i always tweet out the link to the spotify playlist with all of our intro songs along with the podcast before we get into everything this week fantasy draft is the only rake free daily fantasy site that brings the heat again this week with the five hundred thousand dollar guaranteed rake free contest the hooters main event the largest and only rake free contest of its kind remember only on fantasy draft are 100 percent of entry fees paid to contest winners sign up at fantasydraft.com with the promo code four for four that's the number four f-o-r the number four and you'll get a free seven-day trial membership so just real quick that album was in 1999 but it was 2001 and they right. skipped over y2k which was yeah like, everybody stressed about that does anybody remember y2k i guess if you're in your 20s you don't even remember no, I mean, uh, I just remember a lot of people trying to buy a lot of generators and a lot of water <laughs> bottles, which if you live in Northern California right now, apparently you're doing the same thing because they're uh, turning off power to a million people. Wow, that really sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, the other thing I'll say is like, if you're playing DFS and Y2K is coming up, you're freaking out. Like you got to get all your money out <laughs> yeah. of your account. You just have to hope that your games are going through. My God, 19 years ago, if we had DFS, it, it just would have been horrible at this point in time. Here's what we're doing this week. We got our week six plays uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel, our core plays. We're going to talk to you in our game theory segment about using the late swap because it is very important to do so uh, on both sites now. You, you couldn't, what was it, like three years ago, you couldn't even late swap on FanDuel? It was just set your lineup and deal with it. Yeah, I think it was uh, last year was the first year they implemented the flex. I think two years ago they they added the the late swap feature. Now all of the sites, except for Fantasy Draft, I believe, still locks when the slate starts. Uh, but Yahoo, Fan, uh, FanDuel, and DK all have late swap now. I kind of like the I, Fantasy Draft doesn't have late swap. I like no late swap. You know, yeah, it's 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 a couple different layers of strategy. It just kind of depends on on what games you're playing and if you're playing across multiple days or not. All right, so sign up now with the code DFSMVP, 25% off the DFS sub only, 25% off with DFSMVP. We got the rate review t-shirt giveaway. Leave a five-star review. You're automatically entered to win. Who's our winner this week? 
Uh, we got a real nice review from Denron, D-E-N-N-R-O-N-N is the iTunes username. So Denron hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I will get you the details on how to get that fresh 4 for 4 t-shirt, which I slept on. I waited to re-up my, uh, my t-shirt game this year, and we're sold out of the black t-shirts. I don't even have one yet. So if you have a black t-shirt, you have a 4 for 4 piece that I don't even have yet. That's pretty nice. I like that. Uh, while you're out there... By the way, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, check out my podcast, Fantasy First. Every single piece of news you're going to need, you need to stay up with the news that you're going to be successful at DFS. Why bother reading for an hour? Just listen for seven or eight minutes, uh, and that's how long the pod is. Fantasy First, go do that. Make me happy. We also got ship chasing, which is pretty cool, covering high-stakes fantasy football league, so I like that as well. So if you're a new listener, here's what we do every week. During the regular season, we touch on a few core plays, and that's on the main slate. And then we have a theory segment. And we start here at quarterback this week. And you send me the rundown just before the show starts. Mm -hmm. And I come up with my guys, and you come up with your guys. And I think for the first time, at least this season, most of our guys are almost identical. It really is amazing. I think the only guy I don't see on your list here is Austin Hooper. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't agree with Larry Fitzgerald. So there's two of them that you and I don't agree on, and we have everybody else we agree on. So it's either going to be a really good week or we're <laughs> both getting sunk. So Lamar Jackson, we'll start with him. 8,200 Fandle, 6,900 DraftKings, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Sure, he hasn't gone absolutely bananas uh, recently, but you talk about this guy, a floor and a ceiling, TJ. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what we're always looking for from our quarterbacks uh, is really positive game script. Obviously, you want high scoring potential, and the Ravens have that this week. They're 12 point home favorites. They are currently uh, have an implied point total just under 30 points. They're tied with the Chiefs for the um, for the highest implied point total on the main slate. And the Lamar Jackson play, it just kind of really uh, comes down to roster construction, um, how much correlation you want in your lineups how much exposure you want to really the kansas city uh houston game i think a lot of fortunes are going to swing on how people expose themselves to that kansas city houston game uh 54 point uh over under there two really great passing offenses so really what i'm saying here is People, if they like stacking and they like correlations in their lineup, they're either going to pay all the way up for Mahomes um, or pay for Watson, where uh, Watson and Jackson are, are pretty similarly priced on on both sites. Um, but if you don't like that correlation, or if you expect to be uh, really exposed to some of the pass catchers, or even maybe like a running back um, like Damian Williams in this game, then maybe you want a little bit of versatility, and that's where you go to Lamar Jackson. Uh, he is a discount compared to those two guys I mentioned, who I think from a, a raw projection standpoint are my top two quarterbacks this week Mahomes and Watson but you're getting Jackson at a a $200 discount uh, to Watson on FanDuel a $1,000 discount to Mahomes on FanDuel and then over on DraftKings you're getting Jackson at a $600 discount to Mahomes Uh, I've said it quite a few times throughout the season there just really isn't a uh, a reason to pay all the way up for Mahomes because the way quarterback scoring is structured even in what looks like a uh, a smash spot Mahomes is still great but he 
just isn't uh, putting up the the numbers where he's blowing away the field like he was last year. So it's kind of silly to pay an extra thousand dollars for him in a cash game. Uh, with with all of that, uh, that slight price discount, Jackson comes in as four for four's top quarterback value on both sites. And one of the reasons that he has the floor that you mentioned is because of his legs. Forty six rushing yards or more in four straight games. And even though he hasn't put up those huge numbers like he did in the first couple weeks, he still ranks in the top five in fantasy points per pass attempt, which is a really good indicator of uh, quarterback efficiency, which is exactly what we're looking for from our quarterbacks, uh, not necessarily volume. If you are splitting hairs between Jackson and Watson here, uh, Watson could have a, a pretty wide range of outcomes just because even though that is going to be a high scoring game, remember Houston's uh, offensive line is still really bad. He wasn't sacked last week, but he was facing an Atlanta pass rush that going into the week uh, ranked near the bottom in terms of pass rush efficiency. Now, if we look at uh, adjusted sack rate on football outsiders after last week, Atlanta now ranks last in that category. So uh, I wouldn't just expect to see Houston going for it all of a sudden have a great offensive line. I think they just kind of ran into a dream situation last week and Kansas City's secondary, their efficiency is a little better than their fantasy points ranking shows on paper. Uh, they rank in the, the bottom 12 in raw fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. But if we look at their fantasy points per attempt allowed, uh, 11th fewest. So uh, could be a, a little bit of a trap when you're facing Casey. Still like Watson, but again, if you're just kind of splitting hairs between him and Jackson, I, I do think that's the tiebreaker. And then we look at Jackson's opponent, Cincinnati, if we adjust for strength of schedule, they rank 24th against quarterbacks. Well, I want to say that I want to bring this up because I love Deshaun Watson too. And when you stack, you're either, and this is cash we're talking about, but when you yeah. do stack, uh, it's a pretty good idea to throw two or three guys from one team and then you wrap it around with a player from another team. Sure. And this is the one time that I can remember since we started doing the show last year where a player on the other side of the team uh, on the other team that you would be stacking mm -hmm. really to me is going to define how many points are in this game. And I think that's Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. If Tyreek yep. Hill plays, yeah. then I'm on Deshaun Watson hundred percent. If sure. Tyreek Hill doesn't play, I think that, you know, look, listen, the chiefs are still going to score points. They can put up 30 points in one quarter. I mean, that's just Patrick Mahomes for mm -hmm. you, despite him battling an ankle. But we saw what the Colts did last week. And I don't think the Texans defense even sniffs how good the Colts are. But with Watkins injured and Tyreek Hill, yeah. if, if those two guys aren't in there, that is going to push me away from Deshaun Watson and Cash. Sure. If Tyreek really is in point. there, I love him. I absolutely yeah, that, that's love a, him. That's a great point. And I, know. And I, 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 know. <laughs> I wrote up uh, in, my, in my FanDuel article uh, that comes out tomorrow, basically uh, what you said, if, if Tyreek's in there, it basically changes the, uh, the entire, how this entire game plays out uh, for for a lot of players and we'll get to a couple more later in the pod, but um, that is um, a very important thing to pay attention to this yeah, week. Sure you did. You're going to go back tonight and edit it and be like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a great idea that I came up with. No, no doubt about it, buddy. That, that that's what I'm looking at there. Here's my cash game quarterback early in the week. Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. Again, things change, you know, Saturday. What's what day do you do your lineups? Cause for me, it's just Saturday. Uh, I'm I I'm I solidify them on Saturday. I, I build uh, because I start my research and writing um, 
Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'll build just to see so I can give um, like educated advice in, in my Fandle write-up. So I've already built lineups, um, but I'm not locking things until late Saturday, early Sunday. Yeah, and that's really what's changed for me this year um, is that I'm just sitting there on Saturday. Now I'll come up yeah. with core plays and I'll come up with a list and there's usually about 20, 25 guys mm-hmm. and I'll sift through them and come up and I don't put nearly as many lineups as you. I'll, I'll usually make four or five lineups a week Yeah, uh, and they're hand, they're handwritten. Like I don't mm-hmm. even bother the, the optimizer for four to for four for four is terrific. I don't use it. I just use my hands. I hand write them out and then I, I plug them in there. Kyler Murray's there right now. 7,700 FanDuel, 6,500 DraftKings. The guy has not been a good quarterback this year, okay? He has, he has not shown any accuracy whatsoever. It's nice to see him run, but here you go. As bad as he has been, he's sitting there at about 22 points a game. I yeah. mean, how do you not say that this guy is a tremendous, a tremendous value this week? I love what Kyler Murray's doing. Yeah, we just in fantasy we need to be able to to separate the uh, player skill from the fantasy potential. I think someone like um, a Josh Allen is a perfect example, and Kyler Murray is somewhat similar this year, just in the the fact, like you mentioned, hasn't been a, a good real life quarterback in terms of uh, efficiency or accuracy. But uh, he he puts up numbers. Um, he's going to put up rushing volume. Has two three hundred yard games, uh, two multi touchdown games. Going to be very affordable. Seventy seven hundred on Fanduel, sixty five hundred on Draft. Kings uh, versus Atlanta. Exactly what we were talking about with Watson last week. You could pretty much copy and paste that and and explain why Kyle Murray is a good play this week. Now, Murray is um, going to give you a, a really big discount on the, the Lamar Jacksons and the Sean Watsons, the Patrick Mahomes on FanDuel. Over on DraftKings, pricing is a little bit more bunched with, with Jackson, uh, Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray. Uh, so it's, it's not quite a slam dunk over there, but if you're trying to save salary... Um, uh, I think Kyler Murray is probably the lowest I'm going in FanDuel cash. This game sets up really well uh, for a little bit of back and forth. Um, not not a sneaky shootout. I believe the, the total is 51 here, but um, a shootout nonetheless. Both teams are ranked in the top 12. Their offenses in neutral passing rate. Both defenses rank in the bottom five in four for four schedule adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. And because of that discount, I could definitely see myself playing Kyler um, over Lamar on FanDuel. The the Falcons, like I mentioned, they couldn't even get after Deshaun Watson uh, last week in, against one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Uh, the Falcons now rank last in adjusted sack rate. And the thing that I like about Kyler Murray, you mentioned he hasn't been efficient, but he's accounting for a huge percentage of this offense. He's accounted for over 75% of the Cardinals total yards. He's accounted for over 75% of their total offensive touchdowns. He's only one of four quarterbacks that has done that. So even if Arizona is in a situation where they don't have like a 30 point implied total, um, and you're not expecting them to be in a crazy shootout, he's going to get such a big percentage of uh, their fantasy points that he makes a great play and you mentioned uh the rushing eight rushes in two of his last three games he has a a 90 yard game and almost 70 yard game uh to his credit now uh in those two games so that's obviously going to give you a great floor which we love from our quarterbacks yeah a couple of the things on murray here and i said he was 22 it's actually about 19 points per game mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't thrown a touchdown in two games as a matter of fact he's got no touchdowns in one pick so that's a little concerning and he is going to be very rush dependent. 
And he's, his two touchdowns came on the ground these last two weeks. So that's big too. I just, I look at Atlanta and I just see them getting chopped up like Swiss cheese, man. Yep. That, that's more than anything else is a guy that uses his legs against a horrible defense. Yeah, the, the Falcons are allowing a touchdown um, on 7.7% <laughs> of, of passing attempts. The league average usually hovers around 4.5%, so that just tells you how awful they are. If if the Dolphins didn't exist, the, the Falcons are the defense we'd be targeting every week without even thinking about it. All right, let's get to running backs here. Leonard Fournette, 73K on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings. And we've been waiting for him to get into the end zone. Boom. Um, this guy is now turning it on, right? He's yeah. getting so much volume. Um, he's playing almost every single snap. Uh, he, he's getting 25 touches a game. Are you kidding me? If you can't stand Leonard Fournette as a real-life running back, just throw it out the window. This guy's getting volume. That's what yeah, we need. Man. That's what we need. He's taking on New Orleans. Yeah. If, if, I mean, obviously he doesn't have the exact skill set as a Christian McCaffrey. Um, Christian McCaffrey is as good as receivers as a running back, um, a little more shifty. But if your logic is going to be that you're going to jam Christian McCaffrey and regardless of, of his price tag because of his workload, then when he's not on the main slate, the closest thing we have to that is Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's fourth in the league in team touch share. He's running back uh, second in running back touch share over 90% of the backfield touches. Like I said, without Christian McCaffrey not on the main slate, I, I just don't see uh, – a bigger workhorse in a better spot. And unlike Christian McCaffrey, you're not paying $9,000 on FanDuel or $8,500 on DraftKings. You're getting Fournette at 73 or 67. So for that workload, even though he is priced as like the running back five or whatever, it's still a crazy discount if you consider the volume and, and touches per game. Uh, it's only a one-point spread here, but the Jaguars are a home favorite, which we always like from our running backs. And you mentioned he found the end zone last week, but if we look at, if if we recall the, the theory segment from last week and we look at touchdown regression, or I don't remember if that, that was last week or, or the week before, but we look at yards per um, per touchdown, he's still way out of whack in terms of his average. 521 rushing yards, only one touchdown. Running backs are usually scoring about one touchdown every 160 yards. So still due for some uh, positive touchdown regression here on the season. And I do think that he gets some increased scoring opportunity because of the passing game. The passing game for Jacksonville sets up really well. Um, I, I like the passing game in GPPs, and we'll get to one of the specific plays later. But when you have – one thing that I, I just think goes overlooked a lot is, yeah, the Saints are, are a top 10 – uh, defense in terms of schedule adjusted points to running backs. They look, they've been filtering points to, uh, quarterbacks. But when you have a passing game that can move the ball efficiently, that means you're going to have a lot more scoring opportunity, opportunities, more red zone opportunities. Moving the ball just means you're going to be close to the, the goal line more. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fournette pop two touchdowns in this one. Wow. You know, and if you use him at that salary and you use the guy that we're going to talk about mm -hmm. next. Uh, you're looking pretty good, especially on yeah. FanDuel. I mean, what is that? Maybe 14, I think it's 14-1 on yeah. your running back positions. And, you know, that, that just hasn't happened very often this season. So let's move on to number two here in Le'Veon Bell, because all he does is touch the football. And Sam Darnold is back. So maybe he doesn't get 20 checkdowns a game like we saw when Falk was in there. Mm -hmm. But you would think just using logic, the offense is going to be better. 
Bell's taking on Dallas. They got gashed by Aaron Jones last week. I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but $6,800 on FanDuel. Are you kidding me? $6,400 on DK. We both love Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, be- before I get to Bell, um, two news items popped up on, on my feed like right when we started the podcast. Uh, Todd Gurley and David Johnson both didn't practice. This is Wednesday night. Uh, so as of now, uh, I like these guys because – Pricing is pretty tight on both sides. Like we don't have a, a, just an obvious pay down option at quarterback. Uh, there's no pay down option at running back and wide receiver value is a little bit thin. Uh, but obviously if Gurley or uh, David Johnson end up being out, that's going to open up a lot of things right now. As it stands, Le'Veon Bell is my favorite price value on the slate. Um, the the Jets are 7 point underdogs but Le'Veon Bell is probably the most game script uh, proof running back in the league at least in terms of uh, his workload and how he's used you mentioned that with with Darnold back in maybe they don't check down like crazy which has resulted in in Le'Veon having the uh, second highest target share in the league at 30 percent and and the lead league in touch share 62 percent of the Jets touch have, have went to Le'Veon Bell that's not sustainable I think something like a 50 percent touch share and like a 25 percent 22 percent target share is more reasonable but even with Darnold back in the the Jets offensive line is so bad that they're just any quarterback back there is going to be forced to uh, get rid of the ball very quickly. So he could still see seven, eight targets in this game, uh, Le'Veon Bell. And on the other side, you mentioned if if Tyreek Hill is playing for the Chiefs, that changes the uh, kind of the entire script of that game. With Sam Darnold back for the Jets, all of a sudden they're I, I don't think they're this abysmal offense that we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they're seven and a half point dogs. I guess that's pretty fair. Uh, but Dallas hasn't been setting the world on fire the last couple of weeks. And I could actually see a scenario where the, uh, the jets can keep this one relatively close. That's obviously really good for Le'Veon Bell. And if they do uh, end up in a situation where they fall behind and Le'Veon Bell has to catch a lot of balls, uh, it, he has really good matchups against the linebackers. I went over to uh, pro football, Football focus and looked at the linebackers cover grades there's 74 linebackers this year that have played at least 45 snaps in coverage uh sean lee ranks 37th uh in coverage grades so bottom half and then jalen smith the the cowboys middle linebacker 67th out of 74 linebackers in coverage grades so Le'Veon bell has uh two out of three linebackers that he could really exploit against the cowboys there and, and going back to your news bit there, and I listened to Sean McVay's press conference. And again, mm-hmm. fantasy first, you hear that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but he said that it's going to be a long week. You know, they, they've got a lot of time to figure it out, but he has a nasty quad bruise. We know yeah. how they've limited his work so far this season, although he went out last week and just, I mean, they gave him the ball a whole bunch. Yep. Uh, was it up around 90% touches? Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, it was up there. It was uh, up the there. The backfield touches, yeah. But if he's gone, Malcolm Brown, 4800 yeah. on FanDuel. I haven't looked at the pricing over there on uh, DraftKings. And then as far as David Johnson goes, David Johnson uh, couldn't even sit at his locker after mm-hmm. the game last week because his back stiffened up on him. So we don't know. And if he's gone... 
Then all of a sudden we're talking about Chase Edmonds at fifty two hundred dollars. Yeah. And that, I don't know if there's one that you prefer over the other, but that that is gonna open up everything and now you're gonna have some all star teams. Yeah, Chase Edmonds is the sexy one to me just because I, I expect that game to be a little bit uh more of a shootout, kind of similar to what I talked about with Fournette, just because Arizona's uh passing attack is gonna be so efficient, it'll open up more scoring opportunities for the running backs. We obviously saw Edmonds break off that long run uh last week. Uh so he, he looks very capable in Johnson's absence. Uh, Rams have a tough matchup. They're projected for 27 points, but San Francisco is the only team in the league, the only defense that 4 for 4 ranks in the top 10 in schedule-adjusted fantasy points to every single position. So uh, that's a tough one there for the Rams. All right, let's move on to wide receiver now. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if you can get to him in your lineup, he's, yep. he's going to be the highest-owned wide receiver, right? Should be. All yeah. right. 8,400 FanDuel, 7,400 DraftKings taking on the Chiefs. He's had a couple down games. Um, and we all we, we looked at Will Fuller last week. We said, oh, Will Fuller's going to go off. Yep. Well, I kind of feel the same way about DeAndre Hopkins this week. Yeah, and uh, the reason he's going to be very highly owned is the public's just getting sharper. People know enough not to um, not to chase those points. For the most part, uh, I think we saw Fuller in like 25% of, of DraftKings Millie Maker lineups, which is crazy. I think we had him projected for 17%, which is still pretty high for a secondary receiver. We we very rarely project a, a second receiver for over 20% um, and he ended up 25%. So uh, that, that was pretty surprising, but I, I do like going back to DeAndre Hopkins here. I'm not chasing the points uh, from Will Fuller, even though Hopkins hasn't been putting up the fantasy numbers. Uh, we're really looking at that usage. He's seventh in target share over th- one third of Houston's air yards are going to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I I would like to see the Texans move Hopkins inside a little bit more. Um, it's it's actually surprising. Only 30% of his snaps come from the slot, but 42% of his targets have come from the slot this year. Uh, Kendall Fuller, the Chiefs. Uh, slot cornerback has allowed the most fantasy points per target among cornerbacks on the main slate. So even if DeAndre Hopkins just gets his normal run in the slot, he's going to get a, a lot of work against Fuller. Um, if they really look to exploit that matchup against the Chiefs, then uh, he can have a monster game. So I'm I'm really looking for that matchup there. But just Hopkins volume alone in the shootout spot. Uh, don't be afraid of going to him. My favorite build right now is w- with the the mid tier uh, running backs that are available is to pay up for a running back and a pass catcher. At least on Fanduel, it's it's relatively easy to get up to Hopkins if you want to go that route. All right, so let, you talked about Lamar Jackson. Let's mm-hmm. go to the other side of that game in Cincinnati. Yeah. Tyler Boyd. I mean, he, I don't know what's going to happen when AJ Green comes out. He had some well, comes back. He had some good games when Green was in there too. But Tyler Boyd right now is the guy yeah. in Cincinnati. 6,400 FanDuel, 6,300 DraftKings. A bit more affordable there on FanDuel, too. Uh, You talked about the value. It's all about value right there. And if we think that Cincinnati's going to play catch-up, and they do throw a lot. I like what Zach Taylor's doing there. Mm -hmm. Tyler Boyd's the man. 
Yeah, they're they're already uh, top three in neutral passing rate. So regardless of game script, this is going to be a team that uh, passes as much as anybody. And that's evident in Tyler Boyd's volume. He's uh, one of two players, Cooper Cup being the other, with at least 10 targets in four games this year. But Cincinnati, as the big 12-point underdog, they're going to be uh, forced to throw quite a bit, assuming that the game script goes as expected. That's not something that is necessarily going to benefit our quarterback, but because of the way fantasy scoring works, it's definitely going to benefit the the wide receiver there. Uh, we have Tyler Boyd projected as a top three value on both sides because of that volume, because of the expected game script. The Ravens, um, there's, there's probably a, a decent percentage of uh, just the fantasy population that just see the name Ravens and, and think good defense, but they're one of two teams that ranks 20th or worse in schedule adjusted points allowed to every category. They've allowed the 10th most fantasy points per game to wide receivers in the slot, and that's where Boyd has seen almost three quarters of his targets. So we move on from Tyler Boyd to our last wide receiver. I'm a little gun shy on Larry Fitzgerald, even though I like Kyler Murray. He's 5,600 on FanDuel. He's very affordable. He's 6,100 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I still need touchdowns, man. And we're not seeing it. We're just not seeing the touchdown passes. Maybe this is something where it finally breaks again. The Atlanta defense is a complete sieve. They're awful. Uh, Nobody. I mean, I thought Philadelphia was bad against the wide receiver position. These guys are even (laughs) worse. They're horrible. Um, I think on DraftKings, he's a better play personally. How about you? I just think he's a good play period just because I don't see another spot really where um, the volume matches the price. And if our logic is that this is one of the best, if not the best secondary to target with your quarterback, then it makes sense that you should go with uh, the top target in the offense. Um, he's so cheap on Fandle, 5,600, uh, 61 on DK. You're going to get that PPR value. But again, it's just, it's, it's the same concept. If your offense is moving the ball efficiently, everybody's going to be closer to, um, to the goal line and Fitzgerald, those touchdowns are going to come. And, and if they're going to come, there's no better team to come against then uh atlanta this this atlanta defense they now rank last in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers uh atlanta has two corners ranked in the bottom nine in fantasy points per target allowed those are their outside corners but they also allow the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers land up in the slot which is where larry fitzgerald lives so they're like i said there just aren't a lot of uh, clear pay down options this week, maybe one or two other ones. Uh, but I, I just have to attack this Atlanta secondary and Fitz is the safest way to do that uh, besides the quarterback. Uh, let's get to the Sharknado. By the way, did you know that I was in uh, Sharknado 3? What? I didn't know there were three of them. Yeah, there's a third one. And they <laughs> cut me out. Why? I didn't even make it in there. I, it was just a scene in a television station. <laughs> Everybody was talking, and I was sit, standing there in the background, and then they cut me out. I was so excited, dude. I'm like, come on, hun, let's watch this thing. She's like, I don't want to watch this crap. We watch the whole th- I was like, oh, my God, Sharknado. Flush this thing down the toilet. <laughs> oh, we were talking lo- about DJ Shark. <laughs> we were talking about DJ Shark. He had a touchdown call back last week, too. I mean, this guy. Yeah, man. You know, last year, this was my guy was on. I was a year too early. It was his rookie. This, he is going bananas. Gardner Minshew loves this guy. And I think there's two there's two plays from the uh, Jags. Wow, I guess we love their offense this week. Westbrook's pretty damn good play too, but yeah, Westbrook is why a good does Sharknado have a question mark next to him? 
Uh, I don't know, just because you wanted to bring him up, and I didn't know if we were going to. Uh, no, I'm just use bringing the, him up. I didn't know if we were going to use the nickname or not. I just threw it in there and see if you'd roll with it. And <laughs> you did. did. Yeah, I didn't even know you had a story about being in the movie. Uh, well, uh, I wasn't. So, well, was, you kind in the in so the director. Impressive. You're in the director's cut. No, they didn't have a director's cut. That movie's so <laughs> bad. I don't think they have director's cuts for movies that bad. That's a good um, point. They probably would have left me out of that too. But I mean, listen, D.D. Westbrook has a great matchup. Love that. I think Shark has a little tough, a little tougher cornerback matchup, but he just scored yeah. touchdowns, man. Again, he scored one last week. They take one back from him too. He's he's an end zone machine. He's high efficiency. I saw a couple people say that his his um his production has been touchdown reliant, and yeah, he has been scoring touchdowns, but there's volume and 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 uh, usage to back that up. He's seen eight targets in three of his last four, at least eight targets in three of his last four games. He ranks fifth in the league in percentage of team air yards, which uh, means he's getting a lot of the deep looks when he is targeted. And even though, like, yeah, the Saints' outside uh, corners are are a little bit better than their slot corner. Uh, Marcus Lattimore still really struggled at defending the long ball specifically, and only two teams have allowed more completions on deep balls. Uh, deep ball defined as 15 plus yards downfield than the Saints. So, I mean, he's still a, a floor play with a ton of upside here. I want to go back to my first year. I think it was 1997 of playing fantasy football. If I had like air yards and a dot and snap count, do you know how awesome I would have been? Oh my God, all of us. There's so many cool stats that have come up over the last few years and. They're going to keep coming up too, right? We haven't dug everything Uh, up. I hope so. Let's get to the tight end position. Travis Kelsey. Now, if there's ever been a Kelsey week, this is, he just has not gotten going yet. We're Mm -hmm. we're waiting for the Kelsey blow up game. 7,500 FanDuel, 7K DK. You're going to have to pay up there. And I think there are some better options that are a bit cheaper, but my God, this guy is set up for success this week, especially. You know what? I wonder if it's going to affect him if Tyreek Hill is in. It might actually help him a little bit. Uh, so, you, I mean, spoiler alert, the, the write-up that, that I mentioned, basically what I said is if Tyreek Hill plays, it helps Kelsey. It clears everything out. Like, the, the thing that Tyreek Hill does is he clears out those safeties. And the reason that teams have had success against the Chiefs the past couple weeks is because they've been able to man up against their receivers, which obviously uh, frees up the safeties. If Tyreek's in, Tyreek's in there, like, good luck playing man against this team, right? And then all of a sudden you push the safeties back. Now everything in the middle is wide open for Kelsey. So if Tyreek plays, I think it's an even better spot for Kelsey. All right, so good. Then we we really, really love him. Yeah. So Travis Kelsey, you're paying a premium for him, 7,507K, and you have not gotten the production to this point. But this you looks like a week. I love him. Love you him. haven't got the scores, but I mean, you have 440 receiving yards. You have 43 targets. Those are both at or near the top at his position, 28 receptions. So again, the usage is still there. The touchdowns are going to come. This is one of the best offenses in the league, even though whatever the last couple weeks have shown, like they're still going to be at or near the top in terms of total touchdowns, passing touchdowns. They're fine. Um, and and Kelsey's going to be a big part of that. So, like, we don't need to get into the the specifics of why this is a good play. With Kelsey, I just kind of want to talk about the theory about rostering him. Like I said, my ideal build right now, at least on FanDuel, is an expensive back with a couple mid-tier backs and one expensive pass catcher. If that's not going to be DeAndre Hopkins, um, I think it has to be Travis Kelsey on FanDuel. You can just fit him in very comfortably. Uh, and and I want 
want a part of this game so, somehow. If you don't have a piece of this game in cash, then you're you're probably building your lineups wrong. On DraftKings, uh, it's not as easy to fit multiple studs and pricings a little bit tighter. I think to get to Kelsey, you have to probably play like Gardner Minshew in cash and maybe fade Dalvin. Um, but uh, I mean, it's it's thin there. There's a couple of other options at defense that we'll talk about, but it's it's pretty tough to get to an expensive pass catcher on DraftKings, assuming you want your running back floor uh, times three at the flex. Okay, so here's the other, and I've told you a million times that I like going contrarian at one position yeah. in cash games just to differentiate differentiate mm-hmm. myself a little bit. Sometimes two positions. Um, and Austin Hooper is my guy at tight end. I love yeah. him, but as you mentioned, he's going to be so highly owned this week. And there's a guy that's only $100 more than him on FanDuel that could put up the same numbers, if not more, and that's yep. George Kittle, who found the end zone last week. 6,500 FanDuel, 5,200 DraftKings. Absolutely love what Kittle's doing too. I don't know if that's where I'm going to pivot to Kittle. We'll see if I have the extra $100 on FanDuel. But man, is this guy in for, he's in for a big week. He he is. Um, And so tight end's really interesting right now because we have Kelsey priced quite uh, a bit above everybody else. But then across the entire league, we really only have four or five other viable tight ends with any type of floor. And they're all priced really close to each other. So basically what is happening unless somebody else uh, comes up as a viable option, which I just don't see happening is we're going to have this group of four or five tight ends bunched together in pricing, and they're just going to cannibalize each other's ownership. Um, ex- unless we have a situation like Austin Hooper, where he's playing the Cardinals who have been the worst team against tight ends in the league. And all of a sudden he's going to throw that ownership way out of whack. Now we have three tight ends, maybe four that are going to be way lower owned than Hooper in what should be a blow up spot. But outside of Kelsey and, and maybe Ertz, like most of these tight ends are six or seven target guys. So that's very high variance. So to like to have a, a, a 20 or 25% owned uh, tight end and, and GPPs and maybe even higher in cash games, it's just a really um, exploitable spot for DFS players. And, and you're getting Kittle at basically a price pivot on, um, on both sites uh, to Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's a little bit cheaper, $200 cheaper on, on DK and only $100 cheaper on Fandle. So like basically a perfect price pivot and at, at probably quite a bit lower ownership. Uh, 26% target share for Kittle is 14th overall uh, across all positions and it's second among tight ends. He's basically San Francisco's wide receiver one right now and this is a, a Ram secondary that you, uh, you can exploit a little bit they're 21st against wide receivers, 17th against tight ends. But like I said, Kittle basically acts as the wide receiver one in this offense. So um, even in cash games, if I can, if I could fade chalk pass catchers, especially uh, tight ends, it's something that that I try to do, and and probably I'll do this week. Our right, defense. What do we do on DraftKings with the Jets? They're Dude. free. That's basically it's fifteen hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? So we um we had an eighteen hundred dollar defense last week, and then I think we have an eighteen and a seventeen this week. But fifteen is is the floor. I sent out a tweet, but didn't get a a real response from anybody trying to figure out if DraftKings eliminated the floor or lowered the floor in defense. But I don't think it matters right now. The point is we have a fifteen hundred dollar defense, which is one of those things. If you want to get up to like a Kelsey, a Dalvin, and an expensive quarterback, it lets you do that. This is uh, very reminiscent of a situation we had 
I think it was 2013 or 2014. If you were playing DFS um, on Draft Street, I think they they priced the Jaguars at like three dollars or something against the Broncos. But in that situation, you had like one of the worst defenses in the league against an historically good offense and this that's not the situation right here like dallas is good but they haven't been firing on all cylinders and jets have a decent front seven i think they have an injury on the d-line this week um but their their secondaries played a little bit better than expected so it's not like you have the chiefs versus uh the dolphins or something here you have a game that could be kind of close so i actually think just from a theory standpoint from getting up to your um to your your studs in DraftKings cash I, I feel like you almost have to play Jets in, in cash um, this week on DraftKings. Yeah. Will you talk about Henry and, er, uh, Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's out. Okay. Um, I mean, C.J. Mosley is not coming mm-hmm. back. So they're, they're, they're banged up there, but $1,500. I mean, what, yeah, get three, you, three, sack them three times. Yeah, Just get you, three sacks. You don't have – like I said, you don't have an historically bad defense. You don't have – like world beaters on on Dallas side. So, yeah, they're they're seven and a half point underdogs, but I mean, it's not these 15, 16 point underdogs we've been seeing. So, they have a, a bit of a floor. Um, I mean, you're just you're getting like the closest thing we have to a free square and and we've talked kind of the the theory behind this idea before and this comes from like decent punt plays at wide receivers sometimes just paying down uh and getting to two studs it's so much more valuable than having like three middling plays. Like your your the value of an extra stud is just so much higher. So I don't see myself not playing Jets in cash on DraftKings this week. And then you got the Redskins, mm-hmm. forty two hundred Fanduel, thirty two hundred DraftKings. Dolphins, thirty seven hundred Fanduel, twenty seven hundred DraftKings. Yeah, uh, it is tough to stomach these two teams, dude. Yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. If, if you want. So basically what you're looking at on FanDuel, they kept their floor. They still have their whatever third three thousand dollar floor or whatever um, for or thirty five hundred for um, their defense. Uh, so Redskins, Dolphins, forty two hundred, thirty seven hundred on FanDuel, thirty two hundred, twenty seven hundred on DraftKings. So if you want, if you don't want to play like these Jets or these fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred dollar defenses because you're worried about having a ceiling, I think this is a spot where you can pay down and have some sort of ceiling. They obviously, I, I mean, this is just a sloppy game all around. Like you, you kind of want both sides of this game on both sides of the ball. Um, both defenses are bad. Both offenses are bad. Both offensive lines are bad. So it can go like the, the range of outcomes for this game is insanely wide, but just, we're just focusing on defense right here. Both teams are bottom three and schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to um, opposing defenses. Miami's bottom three and adjusted sack rate allowed. Josh Rosen has a second highest interception rate on the main slate. So Redskins are, are the preferred play if you want to stay in this game, but you save uh, quite a few dollars if you go over to the Dolphins. Um, I mean, like like I said, this game is just, it's sloppy. Um, I'm going to have exposure to both defenses. I'm going to have exposure to po- both passing games. Yep. I'm not having exposure to Kenyon Drake. Get out of here with all that. Good luck if you do that. Might have a little exposure to Chris Thompson just because uh, Dolphins are bad at covering everybody. No, you have to throw in, even if yeah. it's like a very small, a dollar single entry. You got to yeah. have some, got to have a stack from this game. Preston Williams is the play, to, in, in my opinion, is the play in this game. So Keenum, 
and then McLaurin and then Preston Williams. Yeah, I, I love just I, – I'll have Preston Williams as – I'm giving a little bit away here uh, from the sub, but not too much. I'll have Preston Williams as, as a core GPP cheap play this week. And by core, I mean like if you have like 15% of Preston Williams uh, in like out of 15 out of 100 lineups, like you're probably going to be way overweight on the field. All right, so we'll get to our game theory segment in a second. Fantasy Draft's the only rake-free fantasy site in the business, and they bring the heat again. $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooters main event, $70,000 first place payout. It's the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 6. Only daily site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pool 100% of the time. So you can call it rake, commission, management fee, whatever. You don't got to pay 10, 12, 16% of your entry fees to the fantasy companies. It's done. You don't got to lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com, promo code 4 for 4, seven day free trial on your first $1,000 of rake free entries. Fantasydraft.com, promo code 4 for 4. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. So using late swap, mm-hmm. mm, it can get you, you know what? If you're, if you're, if you don't realize, and you should do this in season long too, as oh, much yeah. as you can, late swap. It will give you an edge. It can help you make a decision. It can help you win a lot of money or even lose some money too. But um, tell me, wh- late swap, how important do you think it is and how do you utilize it? It's it's insanely important. Uh, the reason I, I brought this up is because I had a late swap situation this week. I, I always look at late swap and I'm always talking uh, talking with my DFS buddies on Sunday if we're swapping anybody throughout the day. Um, but if you've been playing DFS for a few years, um, then you're very familiar familiar with late swap because um, in the early days we played Sunday to Monday slates. You only had a Monday game left. Uh, it went to Sunday only slates where we included the Sunday night game. Now FanDuel and DraftKings have went to the main slate. Doesn't include Sunday night. So the uses of late swap have fallen by the wayside a little bit just because a lot of times you'll have three or four games starting at once and it's it's kind of hard to um, to decide when to use late swap you still have a bunch of games going a lot of people just don't even think about it anymore but it is still a really valuable tool even if you're only playing FanDuel DraftKings um, uh, main slates uh, with a few afternoon games and that's specifically what I want to get into today but before we get into it uh, just like a late swap theory thing you should be doing just like you should be putting your cash game in uh, GPP every week you should always be putting your last player uh, the latest start time even if it's 405 uh, versus 425 or 105 versus 125 if you live in a real area code uh, in your last in your flex spot because you want to be able to to switch that out as as late as possible so I'll, I mean you still see it to this day someone will have Zeke at $8,000 starting last but he won't be in the flex he'll just be in the regular running back spot that spot should always be in the flex all right so we got that there we got a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, some strategery so mm-hmm. main slate how does it work when do we use it yeah so just get to all this stuff because I think when you're really the number one time when you use it is when you're sweating out and you got a chance to take down a tournament. Yeah. So the, the most obvious time is exactly that when you have uh, p- player minutes ahead of you and you still have player minutes left. Um, the, the most obvious example is when there's only one game left and you're in a GPP fighting out for first. Um, but again, you, you don't... Um, 
we don't have that just one game on on GPPs um, left over because we're not playing the full Sunday, but it's still viable on the main slate because uh, a lot of times, like last week, we only had two afternoon games. One was 405, one was 425. So we basically had one late swap game. You only had 20 minutes, but 20 minutes is more than enough time to, to look at your lineups and, and figure out what's going on. So, so how does this work? Um, the most... Um, Extreme example is you're in second place and there is somebody in first place. And what you want to do, you want to look at the lineups ahead of you and reverse engineer the salary to find out who the DFS player in front of you has. So basically what you want to do is you want to go through their lineup. And this is assuming they only have one player left. If there's more than one, it obviously gets a little more complicated. But you go through their lineup. You look at all the players that have already played because they're locked already. And you... Uh, you add up the salary. If we're on DraftKings, $50,000. If they have $8,200 left and the only stud running back, they have a running back slot left, they have $8,200 left over, and Zeke is $8,200 without another stud left, it's it's almost 100% going to be Zeke. And if that player's already in first, there's no reason for you to swap out of, for that player to swap off of Zeke. Now, if we're in that situation and we're in second place, and we also have Ezekiel Elliott, um, then we have no way of beating that person. So in that situation, we need to swap. If we're in a flex, we can obviously swap to a wide receiver. That's great. That's another reason to have a your last player in your flex because you don't have to uh, swap to a running back. It gives you more options. But if it is a running back that you're locked into, at the very least, you could swap to the running back on the other team and at least gives you a chance to leapfrog that player. All right. So we've gotten to that part. And again, this is all about focus then mm -hmm. because it doesn't stop when the game starts. Right. Um, if, unless you're playing like a one o'clock slate or yeah. a four o'clock slate, you, you have to do this. Yeah. Um, the big, the big threat though, is you have hindsight. You look at it. You say, I shouldn't have made that swap. Sure. But you know, I mean, that's that, a killer. It is, but you just there. So I'm going to get into a couple of different scenarios. And, and again, that, that most obvious one is the GPP where you have that huge price jump. Like if you're in the millionaire or something and you're like, I could win a hundred thousand dollars or a million, you're going for that million. That's the reason you're playing it. Um, if you're in one of these flatter payout contests, um, it might not be so, so cut and dry. Like if it is a, a single entry GPP, first place is 1200 and second place is 700. Uh, it might be worth it just to hold, lock up that second place with the highest projected player than to swap out of it, try to get first. And then all, all of a sudden you fall back 10 spots. So the caveat here is that the late swap can cost you money. You shouldn't just blindly do it because you're in second. So if it is a player, that's like a super chalky play, the chance, this is why you want to look behind you as well. The chances are a lot of people creeping up your back on the leaderboard are going to have that same player as well. So if you have Zeke, the player in first has Zeke, you're sitting in second, but it's a flat payout structure and you look down the board and you're only up by like, I don't know, four or five points on all these guys behind you and they all have player minute remaining and, and Zeke's like in a spot where he's going to be 50% owned. Uh, you really run the risk of, 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 maybe not even falling out of like top 10 mon money, but if it's some kind of high stakes, uh, low entry tournament, like you could even fall out of cashing by making that. So you have to look at the players behind you as well and, and figure out um, what you want to do. So is there kind of a cutoff here, like top 10, top 15, top 20? Does it just depend on how many points those guys are, are, yeah. are within each other? So 
what would be the scenario or the situation exactly mm -hmm. where you would want to make sure that you make that swap for the upside? Yeah, I, I think that the most obvious spot is you're like in you're in top five, top six, and um, you are. And I'll get into a couple other spots that are pretty obvious, but this is just from like a, a GPP uh, a money jump perspective. You're in like top ten the guy in first or a player ahead of you ha you reverse engineered to find out that one player has the same player as you and you guys are just kind of like lapping the field and and there aren't a lot of player uh, minutes remaining behind you this is this is often going to happen when it's not um some super chalky play when it's maybe like a 10 percent owned guy that you have left and you reverse engineer and find out he has the same one then that's a spot where it's just like an obvious pivot because it's going to be really hard for the field to catch you guys but the only way you're going to leapfrog that guy is to switch the players so that's like the the most cut and dry scenario um, but a lot of times it, it's not that easy. And, and I actually ran into one of these this week. It's not only GPPs either. Um, no. Now, I have not used it in cash. Okay. Just complete honesty. I have not done that. Um, it, I guess I probably should be thinking yeah. of this more, especially if I'm sitting there between if there's a hundred man, you know, 50, 50 or mm -hmm. a double up or something. I guess if what you're 35 to 50, maybe even 60 in that range you're trying to get up there so that's interesting because i don't use it in cash games you're going to mm -hmm. teach me how to do that too yeah let me before we 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 get into cash let me rewind and and run through the scenario i was in this week just because i think it's a it's a really good example of what's going to be the most common scenario in gpps of people having an opportunity for a late swap and this is where you could probably run the the numbers based on point projections and, and expectation but it's going to be given we only have 20 minutes if we're talking about the main slate you're going to kind of have to do it off feel a little bit more um but you should have a, a pretty good idea based on like the the gap in point projection and expected total and workload of of what your expectations should be um so i'll go through this scenario i was in 12th place in a gpp um with Zeke left uh, in that that Packers uh, Cowboys game, and again there was only two afternoon games and and only one late, so I had like 20 minutes to figure this out, and I went through lineups really quickly. It looked like two people ahead of me definitely had Zeke and a lot behind me because he was the chalk. He ended up being he was 33% owned. It was a small field high stakes game, um, so if I swapped off him to Aaron Jones, I, I really ran the risk of, of dropping um, quite a few spots. And I was like locked into top 10 of Zeke to gave me anything. 17 points was like his floor game. And that was still decent. Um, but if I swap off Zeke and, and the, chalk hits then a lot of people start leapfrogging me and i turn like a good day into um not a good day at least in that specific tournament and then only one for sure had aaron jones ahead of me and maybe two because there was one guy that had two players left and it was kind of hard to tell because he had a flex and then on top of it first place was like basically lapping the field so mm. i almost i wasn't playing for first i was playing for like second maybe third with jones or a more likely like top five to seven with Zeke. Uh, he had his floor game, so it didn't get that high, and and it didn't. Obviously, everybody knows what happened. Jones blew up, but I actually think I I made given like the range of outcomes and Zeke against that Green Bay um, uh, defense and like how likely it was for him to get game scripted out that hard. I probably stay on Zeke most of the time in that spot, just because I'm still I'm still not playing for first. 
I had at least one guy ahead of me that had Jones, so most likely not playing for second. Um, and then maybe just barely getting like to fourth if um, if I swapped to Jones and that third guy uh, ahead of me had Jones. And it worked out like worst case scenario and I still had a really good day, but that's probably going to be the most likely scenario that you're going to run into when we have multiple games left and you're in a situation like that where you're like teetering on top 10 and it's not the millionaire or a qualifier that only pays out one position. Like in a qualifier, it's a no-brainer. If you're playing in a qualifier, you're swapping because you have to get first. No, the money doesn't matter. So I, I kind of forgot to say that. If you're in a qualifier, do the late swap, get to first place. Um, but in these like typical tournaments, uh, that's that's the situation you're in. So it's like, how much risk do you take? Uh, I came up on the wrong end of it, but uh, it just depends how risk averse you are. And like, if you're if you're going to be content, like bringing home, like, are you happy bringing home three or four K or are you like hell bent and need to get that 15 K first place prize? Oh, I'm so risk averse. It sucks. Yeah. So give me this cash game rundown mm-hmm. then because it's obviously, well, I don't think it is the same thing, right? Because you're looking it's for not. a different floor. Sure. So the the most obvious and, and the place that you can really do this in is um is 50-50s and double ups. And it's not the the reason it's so it's a little bit easier in cash. It's basically the only time you're doing this is when you're having like a bottom 10% day, you're actually absolutely getting crushed. So you eight of your nine players were uh were early game guys and then you have have one play left. And this is really only gonna work if it's a chalk play because um you're you're just looking for a Hail Mary to to leap the field. So if if you're like in the bottom 10% of lineups, even if you have Christian McCaffrey left and like a a hundred man double up, but most likely Christian McCaffrey and cash is going to be like 30 to 50% own. So if you're like 40 off the cash line, even if you have CMC at like 50% and he gives you like that 40 to reach the cash line, the cash line is still going to move up like five to 10 points. So you're in a double up or a 50 50 leaving that chalk stud in there. Isn't going to do you any good. Like the only chance you have to cash is to just throw a hail Mary. If, if you know, like pretty confident that that player is going to be really highly owned in that contest. So, um, you don't really have to look at, at other teams. You don't have to look at specific ownership. You don't have to reverse engineer. You just know you're getting crushed. You're not going to cash this 50 50 or double up. You have to throw a hail Mary. You're, stud running back stud wide receiver whoever it is is owned in a crazy amount of lineups like there you you're not going to catch you're not going to get to the cash line by holding that player anything else we got to get to about this yeah it's a it's a similar scenario in head-to-heads but it's a little more risky so if you're in that same exact scenario but you only play head-to-heads where you like have a bottom 10 percent lineup and you have like a christian mccaffrey left you theoretically could um, throw like the opposite running back in there and turn like your bottom 10% day into like a profitable day, get in the black. Um, if like Chris McCaffrey has a five point day and you have a, a 2% running back that goes off for something like 30 points. But the difference with head to heads is you're not chasing a cash line. So if you leave Christian McCaffrey in there and he does have like his 30 or 40 point day, you can turn your 10% day into like maybe a 40% day and you're still losing on the day, but you're going to win more head to head. So you're winning more money. Whereas in a 50, 50 or double up, you either cash or you don't. Um, so that's the, that's the different difference in risk when you're late swapping in um, cash games. All right, man. Great episode. Great. Uh, I actually learned something in the game theory segment, which cool. I normally do from you anyways. Great. Uh, but good luck this week, unless you're playing me. 
<laughs> and uh, of course, in cash games, it really doesn't matter, right? So just you know, finish behind me, and I'll be happy. Uh, sign up right now with code DFSMVP. You're gonna get 25% off the DFS sub only. So do that. And then TJ, we got the rate and review T-shirt giveaway. I just read some of the reviews before the uh, show started, and there was nobody could completely crushing me. So I'm actually kind of happy about that. Usually, that doesn't happen. Uh, maybe I'm more likable these days. <laughs> no, when, uh, the listeners have been uh, been great this year. We've been getting a ton of positive feedback. Uh, listener numbers are going up, so we appreciate everybody that's new, um, everybody that's been with us the whole time. It's It's been a really good start to the season. We still have a, a ton of time left, so appreciate all you guys. We're, um, we're working on a listener league. Nothing nothing promised or set in stone yet, but, uh, but we're going to try to do it. So if you like it, leave us a five-star review, and uh, we'll definitely make sure that uh, you're prioritized to get into that league. And if you want more of us, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Check out Holden at Holden Radio. You can find me at TG Hernandez, of course, 4 for 4 at 4 for 4 Football. What's we'll the difference to you between me and you? You talk a good one, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. I act on what I feel and never deal with emotions. I'm used to living big dog style with straight coasting. What's the difference between me and you? You talk a good one, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. I act on what I feel and never deal with emotions. I'm used to living big dog style All right, hold on, hold on. Stop the beat a minute. I got something to say. Dre, I want to tell you this right now.